Hello, everybody. I'm Colton Venner, and you're listening to Tailgate Country Podcast. Welcome everyone back to Tailgate Country Podcast. Today we're joined by DFW native Colton Venner. Colton, what's going on, man? Not too much. I'm stoked to be here. Oh yeah, we're we're stoked to use your word. Stoked to have <laughs> you. So uh, I kind of want to start off by like find out like who is Colton Venner, man? How'd you get to be where you are today? Some of your influences, you know, what's going on with you? Yeah, dude. Well, um, so I grew up in the Texas area, well, all over Texas, but mostly from Dallas, Fort Worth. And, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've always really loved music. And so if we're specifically, uh, talking about who I am in the context of music, I've always loved it. Um, I started playing guitar. My, my sister had a bunch of friends over in sixth grade or when I was in sixth grade, she was in high school and they were like, uh, playing, you know, just like trading the guitar off and playing songs. And my friend Scott was over and he taught me how to read tabs online. So this was probably... I guess it was 2006 or so. I think it's when I was in sixth grade. And so um, I remember he left and I just started like learning songs left and right and just kind of got like addicted to it. And I've always like loved music and uh, I don't really come from a musical home or anything like that. So I just started playing guitar and uh, I made like some bands with my friends throughout like middle school and high school. And then I got really involved in like playing at my church, which I know is where a lot of people learn how to play. So I did that. Um, and then I, I uh, throughout high school, I, I did, I played, you know, at my church and then I sang for like a hardcore punk band in Fort Worth. And so I did that for several years. Um, and so when I say sang, I really just mean like screamed or yelled. And so it was really fun. Um, but I, I learned a lot about like the songwriting process and just like playing and performing throughout both those avenues. Um, and then, then when I got to college, I went to Dallas Baptist, like a really small school. And there was, but there uh, one of their biggest majors there is um, music. And so I, I crossed paths with like a lot of people who are really good songwriters or um, talented musicians. And that's like where I started like writing songs as myself. And I mean, anything I wrote while I was there is pretty terrible and hopefully not able to be found. Uh, it used to be on Spotify, but it's not anymore. And, um, but yeah, that's where I, I mean, that's really from when I was like 18 on is when I started. So about, I guess about 10 years now I've been writing songs and, um, you know, heavily influenced by like songwritery type people and a lot of Texas music as well. And then country as well. I, I, I wouldn't, um, you know, I don't know if people who don't listen to country will probably call me country and then people who listen to country will typically say I'm not country and somewhere in between the two. And um, I like living in that space, uh, but I, I get a lot of I get influences from a range of, you know, Texas songwriters like I like John Bauman a lot. I like um, like Flatline Cavalry. I like uh, um, this guy named David Ramirez is probably the biggest influence I had for several years. But my favorite band growing up was Dashboard Confessional and then some metal bands. Um, I like uh, Donovan Woods a lot. I like current people. I really like uh, Muscadine Bloodline and I like Hardy um yeah but that's i mean really we my, my wife and i moved to nashville two years ago sorry for the long-winded answer but we moved to nashville two years ago or coming up on two years next month and 
um i've kind of transitioned like i put out music frequently but the main goal is to just like be a songwriter and so that's why we moved here and um so i, I work a day job currently but i uh spend my days i write probably in between three and five days a week with people during the day and um you know my job's really flexible which is awesome and uh just kind of the 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 thing i'm in right now releasing a lot of songs but most of those are to be honest to like cast a wide net to hopefully land a publishing deal or something like that yeah i had i had no idea that dallas baptist was a music influence school. I know it as the baseball school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which they are. But I, I, I don't know what the outside perspective is, but when I was there, that's like their biggest program, I think. So I didn't study music, but I just like kind of hung out with a lot of people who did. So is songwriting something you always knew you wanted to do? Or like, when did you decide like, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my career. Yeah, I've always wanted to. I don't think I ever really took the leap until recently though like I, you know it's like one of those things where it's like i really want to do it and i love it but um i it's it's kind of intimidating and it's very like i guess necessarily not the traditional way of going to uh like path so i've always wanted to do it and i've been putting out music since 2015 but it wasn't really until two years ago when we got married and my wife was like hey we should go for it and so we moved here and um yeah, I've always wanted to do it though. Like really ever since I wrote a song and people liked it, I was like, this is what I want to do. And that was, you know, I did that with my like metal band in high school. We had like a very small, well, I don't want to say small. It is small, but I wanted to mean it. But we had a small following. Um, and I remember the first time somebody showed up to like see us play that didn't know, I didn't know them personally. And they like were singing along in the front row. And I was like, this is like, such a cool feeling. And so now with songwriting and especially with like Spotify and stuff and like the accessibility of all of it, I, I just like the last probably five years is when I've been like, I'm doing it. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I have to do it. I have to do it. And I remember calling my wife when we were engaged and being like, dude, like I was kind of like getting really emotional. And I was like, tell me that I can do it. Cause I want to do it. And she was like, you can do it. And so and I was like, don't let me say no and don't let me quit. And so I think I, I've, I really from freshman year of college, thought this is what I want to do I don't think I really took the plunge until like the last like three two to three years of like being like All right, I'm gonna go for it you, you just mentioned that metal band so I just gotta ask when you were writing when you first started writing music did you write music for that metal band or like yes was music that you did like always country no 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 it was never I I, I would say like it's gotten progressive like I was at the lake this weekend and my best friend was like so when did you make the transition to exclusively doing country? But that's because like a lot of that is I like the storyteller, like the song, the album I had with my metal band uh, was like, it, oh shoot. Uh, it like told a, told a story like taught, it was a like, concept album. So it, like told a story from start to finish. So I've always liked the story aspect of it, but I don't know. I, when, when, I, I, this guy named David Ramirez, have you guys ever listened to him before? He's from uh, Texas. I don't think so. He's really awesome. He's kind of like Americana, alt country, folky guy. But I remember my friend showed me his song and it was like the first song I ever listened to. And I was like, I have to listen to this again for the actual story of it. And that like kind of led me down. Look, I had listened to country songs growing up and like, you know, like all the big hits and stuff. But that was where I was like introduced to this new world. So I was writing for this metal band 
but it, to be honest, it was mostly just about like going like crazy when we played, you know, and like it, like I have permanent shoulder damage in my right shoulder from it. <laughs> so, so it's like, uh, that was mostly about like just having fun and like, you know, just hitting people, not me. Per- I wasn't punched. I wasn't hurting people, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just like <laughs> crazy what you expect at like a metal or a hardcore show. And so that part of the actual experience though, I think helped to teach me like about the camaraderie whenever people have like a common interest in kind of music, which I'm sure you guys feel with country in general. It's Mm -hmm. like country can be kind of ostracized on the outside often by the mainstream or just by people in general being like, I listen to everything but country. If I had a nickel every time I hear that and they'll be like, what kind of music do you make? I'm like country. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so yeah, I was writing for it, but really, you know, I, I didn't like sit down and start to write a song by myself, like intentionally until later on that was all high school i mean like it was when i was in high school so it was a uh, you know fun do you remember writing your first song like by yourself <laughs> i mean i wrote stuff in like seventh grade oh. that, but but <laughs> yeah, but, so like, but uh, you all know i know i do i remember how those went i think yeah. but, but but well wait 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 we you can't do that to us and then not I totally can line. and I will. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, dude, I remember. Okay, I, I'll say this. I remember I was like really crushing on this girl in seventh grade. I never uh, yep. showed on this song. And I, it was 11 11. You know how people are like 11 11 make a wish. Oh, no. And, and I was like, I started writing something about that. And I was like, I can't show anybody this song ever. <laughs> and I never did. Um, but uh, no, in I, I wrote this song. I like in in college i can't remember what the title was i remember it had like this long like falsetto-y chorus and i just remember playing it and being like yeah i got this and uh i'm <laughs> looking back it is not very good but there was like a batch of songs i wrote in college that i would play like every every time i played somewhere that like my friends all knew so that was like really really cool in fact i have this cd i can see if i can find it I've got this box of CDs because like, I printed like 500 of it when it came out that I have so many left over. And so uh, that maybe I'll send you one of those. They're terrible. Like, please don't ever show it to anyone, but I'll send you one so you can hear the humble beginnings. Oh my God. Yes, I need it. <laughs> oh my God. It's really bad, dude. <laughs> so I kind of want to talk about Texas a little bit. So there's a ton of Texas artists, but Tons. they seem to all be from East Texas and Lubbock and San Antonio and the Hill Country, mm-hmm. right? But surprisingly, not a ton come from the DFW Metroplex. You know, the ones that are Tristan Merez, Wynn Williams, um, our guy, Bo Armstrong, you know, yeah. they, they differ really wildly. And of course you, right. There's, there's two totally different ends of the spectrum. So how did growing up in this area kind of influence the way that you sounded? Yeah, I think, well, it was really popular for in high school. Like when I was in high school, I feel like every Friday people would go see Josh Abbott or uh, Randy Rogers or something at like a, you know, one of those like outdoor kind of like country venues or at Billy Bob's. So I think that, and, and I didn't really listen to that kind of stuff until probably late high school. Now I love all of it. Um, but I think that what I like about it is Fort Worth and Dallas are very central to Texas. And so I've been to all the regions that like people talk about in songs, which is nice. Not to say that I have like this masterclass in the state, but it's just really central. So it's really easy to go places. Like if you want to go to Austin for a weekend, if you want to go to East Texas, if you want to go West Texas, if you want to go to the Panhandle, whatever, I've been to all those places and it's all very accessible. 
So I do think that that helped as far as like getting to see places around Texas. The other thing I think is too, is there's um there is a group of songwriters in like the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I'm not like the most crazy plugged in person in the world, but excuse me, since moving here, I've kind of realized like there's a lot more than I, I think I knew at the time. Like I was, I was talking to, you know, Jared Morris is the other day. Uh, he's, he's, he's from, he's in, from the Fort Worth area. He's really good. Um, but I had never heard of him until I moved here. And I feel like I've contacted more people, um, which he, he, I've only talked to him once. So if he hears this, like you probably think it's so weird. I'm mentioning him, but Jared does not like your music, I guess. <laughs> but but um, because of the accessibility, it's really cool how you can go see all those places. And so I think that that's helped because as, as everyone knows and can also be annoyed by like, there is like a Texas pride that people get that in the, and when they put it in their songs, like I met a guy the other day and he was like, where are you from? And I was like, Texas. He's like, are all of your songs about Texas? I was like, no, he's like, good. And <laughs> I was like, dang. Um, but because of that, I, I, I think there was also in, in Dallas, there's this coffee shop I used to go to all the time called Open Bell that had a had um, a open mic on Tuesday nights. And me and my friends in college would go there like every week. And we met some really cool people throughout that. Not very many that are, I would say are in the crazy country lane, but it was just fun to like see like an eclectic group of songwriters there and and like that's kind of how like if you go down deep ellum in dallas or if you like there's like a very very diverse kind of music you can find like blues bands funk bands um you know singer songwriter lots of like warp tour emo type bands too and at least at the time and so i think it was really cool because I, I feel like a lot of the time the thing that i find when i'm writing songs here especially is my natural inclination is uh maybe a mixture between all of those things not like i would play like funk music but like i don't necessarily gravitate to like really 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 traditional country sounds or really really pop sounds and i do credit a lot of that to just the experience i had there like listening to other kind of musics and what i enjoyed and so um i love texas though man it's awesome like really really great and so i know you just moved there what's where what's your favorite place you've been since you've been there City-wise or venue, whatever, or man. Whatever. I, I, I like food, food, Favorite food, venue, city. I really, I really love it. That's the hill country is, is just beautiful. I can't, I can't awesome, not dude. say that. I, I, my fiance and I, we, we love uh, Fredericksburg wine country out there. Yeah, but the the state parks and stuff that's out there in the hill country is just like, I didn't know it existed until I moved here, and I'm like, yeah. holy cow, like this is great. So. But you, you, you know, the reason I ask about all these different influences, because the geolocation, even within Texas itself is so important. Massive, you said, dude. <laughs> you've been to all, you know, all the different regions and like, you don't really know how different they are until you're there. And there's a reason that Co Wetzel and Colby Cooper sound the way that they do. And there's a reason that Josh Abbott and Randall King sound the way totally. they do, because, you know, it's 10 hours from, from Houston to El Paso. So, you know, when, when you decided to make the jump out of Texas, you know, what kind of forced your hand at that? Because there are a lot of artists that just never leave here. Yeah, dude, honestly, like I don't, didn't know better at the time. I wasn't crazy. Like I didn't play, I, I played sparingly in Texas. So, uh, and I, I mean, like I played it several times a year, but like, I wasn't like touring like those people are like, I feel like I see Colby Cooper playing like every week or um, Flatland plays every week or, 
Um, well, someone I've seen play a lot recently is Corey Kent. He plays a lot of places. And so um, I don't think I knew much better. And honestly, like I want to write songs for a diverse sound and co-writing is just much more popular here. I don't really want to make my um, living as a touring artist. It's just not the, I like, I, I, I moved in it for writing songs. Like I would much, every song I've put out, if someone bigger than me would put it out, I would be like, great, great. I would prefer that. And so um, I don't know. I, th- I think that that was a large part of it. It definitely is hard because both of our families are from Texas, me and Leah. And um, so we go home quite often and uh, I need to just put this over. I keep dropping this thing. I'm sorry. Um, fidgeting. Um, so a large, a large part of it was that we also had just gotten married. So we were like, let's go try something new, you know, together and like discover a town together. So that's been really fun. But dude, I, I don't know. There's something whimsical about it. Like I thought that the tech, when I first moved here, I felt the Texas and Nashville divide was massive, but I have noticed recently, a lot of people do kind of, uh, come up here from there. And so, yeah, I, a lot of it just came down to the fact that I was like, I want to be a songwriter exclusively. And this seemed like the move at the time. And I haven't really regretted it thus far. I, I feel like since being here, I've also put out more music and I have more stronger ties to a lot of more Texas people that I have uh, just since then. And I credit uh, music pickers for a lot of that. They're really, really awesome and have been super supportive. So did it, yeah, it was just kind of, I guess, that's the move I made at the time. I didn't really think as much about it outside of like, I had talked to a few people who had moved here and really loved it and had some success. And so I thought, well, maybe that's the move for me. And seemingly, I mean, it's gone. It seemed like it's moved pretty fast so far and I've really loved it. And so I still got a long ways to go, but I've been really happy with the results. Yeah. And obviously there's a cultural difference between Texas and Nashville. It without a doubt at, at sometimes can almost be a rivalry, you know, in within the country music scene. So but when it comes down to songwriting, is that culture, is that business different in Nashville than if you were in songwriting circles, you know, here in North Texas? Dude, honestly, I don't know. Because, I mean, I write with um, a couple Texas people frequently, but it's not this like, the, it, I guess maybe the frequency here feels much more like I, I never had five days that I was writing with people in Texas. I really didn't even co-write with people in Texas that much. A lot of people write stuff by themselves there. And, and I would say I'm, I am more cut from that cloth than I am from the Nashville mold of, of uh, coming with an idea every day, but I have just learned since being here. Um, yeah, I guess that. And then there's also just a, like people I've never heard. None of my Texas friends have said, are we writing a song for the radio? Um, but here I hear that all the time and we change stuff in the song based on that. And I don't really feel as much shame as I thought I would. Like, I thought that, I think I would have criticized that several years ago, but I've come to really, really like that and be like, I like the craft of, I like hearing people like, I like to try and shoot for the stars with a, like, I would love them one song. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I don't care who records it. Like I'll be stoked, uh, mostly financially, but like, um, yeah, I, I think that's a good question. It, I, I think that what has been nice is I do think a lot of the imagery, the sounds, the melodies, and the, the, the genuineness of a lot of the Texas songwriters that I admire that has rubbed off into like kind of my music, I think, a little bit. 
I have found that to be kind of an arrow in my quiver when writing a song for the radio of being like, well, we can make this line more interesting. Let's figure out how to do it. And sometimes it works. Sometimes people think it sounds weird and a little bit too uh, out of left field. <laughs> so I've just tried to, you know, try and try and mesh everything and, and become a product of both environments, I think. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here because I don't know much about Texas at all, but <laughs> <That's great. laughs> um, uh, you recently got to play the listening room for the first time. How did that go? Dude. How was that? <laughs> Dude, it was so fun. Like I really like to entertain a crowd. I really like, but sometimes at rounds, it's kind of hard to do because if it's like a talking environment, but the listening room, they don't let you. My friend, Kenny Foster put it on. Who's very awesome and really talented. Um, but man, it went so well and I loved it. And I really like, it's probably the most fun I've had playing in Nashville for sure. Um, but it was so cool. People are so attentive. The, the mm -hmm. venue's awesome. And uh, like the people that played in the round were really talented as well. I'd never met May Estes. So I really like her. Yeah. Well, this guy named Sean Kennedy, I'd never heard of him and he was really cool too. So um, it was a blast. And yeah, I, I hope to do it again. Yeah, for, for people outside of Nashville, though, can you just kind of, you know, give us a crash course on what it means to play the listening room? Like, how big of a deal is that within within the community? Um, You know, I don't know if I have my mind wrapped around it. Like, I know that I've never gotten one by reaching out to them. So I was thankful to be asked to play. So it, that was a bucket list item for me. I'll say it, it like to, it is big enough for like, I wanted to at least play that once. Now I want to play it all the time. Cause it's <laughs> like, I mean, it was just such a good experience. There's so many people from out of town. Like yeah. this is going to sound superficial, but like when I play around, I'll maybe get like a couple Instagram followers. Like I, I opened up my Instagram that night and I had 40 followers. Like that's a lot of people <laughs> like comparatively. Cause there's only 300 there. So like, that was cool. That was just cool. People from it's, it's a people will buy tickets, not knowing the names because I think that like Kenny, the guy who was hosting the round, he's played there several times and has always been really successful and good. So they just keep asking him back. And so they just trust his opinion. So I was kind of honored to be, you know, included in his list of people. Yeah. And I mean, I was living in Nashville for the summer and I went to plenty of rounds. I never saw one at the listening room, but I will say a lot of people do come I, I expected people to listen to the songs more but a lot of people talk to the whole thing so i can imagine yeah imagine it being a better kind of crowd if they're listening to the to, to, songs, you know? well honestly it's it's kind of funny though because it's like if i go to a revival on tuesday like mm -hmm. there's there's obviously new people that are playing or a couple of new people but it's like the same friends are there like yeah i know that if i go to revival i'm gonna talk to ryan nelson for like an hour and so it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like i i don't blame i don't blame somebody for I don't, I don't blame somebody. And I, and that, and I love that. Like, I love that about it. Like the community aspect is cool. Like I like going there mm -hmm. and hearing somebody who play who I, I had recently played, but because it's at a bar where people can just like roll in, I think that, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's like, and that's not just revival. I love revival, but just like in general, like if it's free, people are just like looking for something to do when the listening yeah. room, like you have to pay for your ticket. You have to pay for right. your, your food. And so it's a bit more of like, I guess, feels like an extravaganza of like, or a commitment of resources when, you know, it's like I've, I've stopped by and caught like half a round to catch a friend before I had to go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Which is, which yeah. is still fun. Like I have a blast at rounds and every once in a while, someone just comes in there and the, the entire room just shuts up, which is awesome. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. a cool moment. I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
So it seems like we've talked about everything except your songs. So let's talk <laughs> about your songs. And I want to start right. off with, you know, we'll just go down the Spotify list and we're going to start with Honey Slow because it has uh, over a million Spotify streams. That's, um, can you, can you fathom that? Did you know that was going to no. happen? Like what's going on? No, dude. I- it, it really is crazy. This song is just continually every Monday it gets put on like I'm a kind of a Spotify nerd. So it gets put on Discover Weekly. So like if you have that like algorithmic playlist that's made for you, it gets put on a lot of those every week. Just and that's I, I'm really thankful. That song's very special to me. I proposed to my wife with it. She loves it. She says that if she wasn't in the picture, I would have no good songs. And I agree with her. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that song was the first song that well, second song I released with I recorded with um, Brian Douglas Phillips uh mm-hmm. in austin and he's just like incredible that was in the first two songs i ever released and uh, well, not ever i ever released recording with him and it was really special i knew it was at the time but like the just the response it's gotten that's the one that i always get like people reaching out just like from finding it randomly and i would say probably the one that has cast the widest net for me so i'm really thankful yeah dude it's crazy like it hit a million streams and i was like but it's funny too it's sobering like i used to look at people who have that and think well they must be making a living off of this <laughs> and i'm not so, so like i have another job and so it's it's um it's really cool i'm really thankful it also is like one of those checkpoints where i reached it and thought like I, that's how you'll know you made it but then you the, the, the fence just gets further away and you kind of realize like you're just thankful for what you got thus far and so yeah but i wrote that for my wife proposed with it love it like play it all the time and i'm really thankful for it yeah and i know you said that like you know as a songwriter you keep striving for the next thing 10 million 50 mm-hmm. million 100 right so 1 million isn't the time where you've arrived at the station but were you at least able to kind of sit back and take a breath and be like you know what what i'm doing here like it's working it's paying off uh, yes dude yes a million streams it's a huge thing like like for me i think it is and i and i think that for anyone like I, I it's it would be easy for me to be i guess be like oh you know yeah but if like if my friend reached this checkpoint i would be very stoked for them and so i can't be i can't rob myself of the same i guess enjoyment so yeah it was a huge checkpoint and a huge um i think litmus test to be like i'm i'm at least in the i'm in the matrix of like the algorithm of spotify because this is continually i mean it's been out for two years and it's still you know, it's still getting a couple thousand plays a day or, or 1500 plays or whatever. And so, yeah, it, it's been really cool. Really, really cool. I'm, I'm honestly, that's like, my dream is that somebody like, you know, like Tim McGraw would cut that song one day, just like find it and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to do my own version of this. It's like my dream. So maybe. <laughs> yeah. I would say honey slow is like the one that really, really caught my eye from you. I think I'd heard of you before, but that's one where that really got me hooked. But one that I heard when I saw your revival that, caught my eye again with Sundance Square. Talk about that yeah. song for a little bit. You just released that, right? That's your most recent one? Yeah, that's the most recent. And I also, I kind of make a joke. It's called Honey Slow Part 2. <laughs> so, because it's, it's very similar thematically. It's Texas-centric. It's about Leah. It's about when we were dating. But re- basically, I mean, we moved here and Leah has had to make a lot of sacrifices for us. And I'm not ignorant to that. And I'm really thankful. Man, I'm so thankful. She, she works a job and she works really hard so that I can work my job and make what I can make and then also not say no to opportunities. And so I wrote that song for her with Brian, actually, he helped me write it Um, with her in mind though, of just like, you know, for the days, whenever you think like 
you're missing your home and there's a lot of texas specific imagery throughout it but hopefully feels a little bit more universal because everybody's got everybody's got place that they like um yeah but it's it's everyone has a place that they have really fond memories of and they could put out like you know like it's like when you have a friend come to the town where you grow up and you like take them on a ride and being like oh there's the elementary school i went to oh there's the house i grew up in or whatever Mm -hmm. it was kind of like that version of like her and i's relationship and um so yeah that one's really special to me and if uh so that one and a couple others you released are going to be bundled into an ep coming up soon correct yeah i have coming out november yeah i've got two um that have come out so far so that and if it's a good thing and then i have three more so i've got one coming out I think September 10th and that one's um, a song called game ball, which is like the EP title. And it's probably like one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song I've ever written um, at least that I'm personally releasing. Um, I got one I wrote with Corey Kent called uh, um, uh, just had to be there. And I've got one called long shot that I wrote by myself. And then I have, I recorded another song with that batch that I just have kind of like in the can to release. I think I literally released or uploaded it like 20 minutes before we got on here so it's coming out in, <laughs> in march in march so yeah it's like i have i have some stuff because i feel like in the past like i would release like four songs and then just feel like i have to get in the studio again i have to get in the studio again and this is giving me like just a little bit more freedom to do it like uh you know span it out a little bit and not have to rush to i don't want to say rush to find the songs because i'm very like i wouldn't have changed any of the songs i am recording but just like I don't feel like the fires are necessarily behind me as much as far as that, and I can focus on co-writing with people. Hopefully, you know, for them to put out songs. <laughs> yeah. So why Game Ball? What's you know what's so special about this song? What can we expect from it? You know, without giving too much away because you know we're yeah. still going to listen to it. But like, why did you bring that one up over all the other ones? Um, it it's about my dad. It's about um baseball and it's about what i think there's a lot of parallels with me moving here chasing music as him he played triple a baseball and so we talked i talked to him before i moved he was like dad are you cool if i leave like i don't want to just like bail on the family he was also sick at the time so um which he's fine now um but uh the there's so much parallel and it just kind of i just started writing it and it's it's probably the one that has gotten criticized, I guess, from a commercial standpoint, the most of like, well, the hook doesn't, not every line plays to the hook or whatever. And I don't know. I just don't really care. Like it just means a lot to me. And it's, it's just the story of growing up playing baseball with him and then me not playing baseball and like our relationship at that point. And then our relationship at this point. And I'm just, I really admire my dad and love him a lot. And so it's just a song about that. And it has a lot of nostalgic feel, which every song that I'm putting out on this project has at least something nostalgic about it. Like looking back at me and Lydia's relationship or looking back at things you had hoped for at one point or um, looking back at just like life in general. And so this one seemed like all encompassing. And I like the title. I thought it was a unique title. I thought it was cool. I like baseball like imagery a lot and, and put it in my songs often or songs that I'm writing with other people. I try to sneak it in there as much as possible. So that just seemed like the one. And uh, when I, when I uh, actually check this out, I got this little ball right here that I had, this is so corny, but I don't care. I do stuff like this. <laughs> like I got, I got like all the people who all the co-writers and stuff signatures on it and stuff. Okay. Wait, that's not corny. That's cool. And all the players, uh, everyone who played, I still got to get like two more people to sign it, but um, 
I like that kind of stuff. So just nostalgia in general, I think he's really powerful. And I also really like, um, like if you go listen to Brian Douglas Phillips album, me and him wrote mm-hmm. the song called Hammer in My Hand. It's very much his, similar to his version of it. And uh, I just love that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And then just kind of the rest of the EP, like what are we going to be hearing? Like just kind of a, give it, give us like an overarching view of what this is going to sound like when it comes out in November. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like, uh, Sundance Square and if it's a good thing the two that have come out are probably the extremes of like the fast um fast like upbeat fun one and then like anthemic uh love song and everything kind of falls in between like Game Ball's a very chill song uh, I expect it to resonate with the people that it should resonate with and then not the rest and um the, I would say that's kind of the vibe for the last three I really like slow ballady type feeling songs the most and so that's what I typically write and put out as myself. Um, but a lot of them are uh, are in that vein. And so um, uh, yeah, they're coming out every five weeks. And so I think we have three weeks until the next one and then five weeks, five weeks. And then the other one will come out in March. And um, yeah, it was cool. We I, The main thing we focused on was like kind of no tricks. And so like everything you hear, like there's no loops or there's no like, you know we don't we didn't layer like 15 guitars on a thing it's like we wanted it to be 100 percent. you could replicate the exact same sound if you just had like a five-piece band and um i think that was brian's vision for it at least and i think it really i really like how it turned out i feel like it uh um i feel like it came together the way that i wanted it to yeah good i mean that's all you can ask for when you put out projects like if it's everything you hoped for you win yeah Totally. No, it's fun. It's fun. And and I think, like I said earlier, the big, it's, I view these songs as, you know, it's like throwing a, it's like throwing a line out and just hoping that something catches. And, and that's really cool when it does to like, like get, uh, you know, for that to get you to the next point of like meeting somebody or writing with someone or whatever, that's like the large picture goal of them. And, and, and I think that just the frequency of them coming out, like if I try to keep music cranking, like at least like six months of the year, like constantly. And I have noticed that that just the frequency just like helps, especially with Spotify too. Like they treat you like a return customer or not. And so, you know, once you get, I think in their good graces, they really do a good job of if they like, if it goes well, and I think it has so far that they just keep coming back, which is awesome. Like I really I know that streaming gets a lot of uh, criticism, but I'm really thankful because I wouldn't be talking to you guys had I not had it, had they not helped me out, you know, and I wouldn't be uh, like doing a lot of the stuff that I do. And so it's great. Cool, man. Well, I know we're looking forward to it. And uh, if everyone listening isn't looking forward to it, just back it up about 10, 15 minutes and just listen to your spiel about it again, because that, that's, that's a perfect pitch for it. Seriously. I, I really enjoyed that, that in, really nitty gritty and in depth uh look at it now i'm now i'm especially looking forward to it so (laughs) i'll I'll, I'll email it to you as soon as we get off this call (laughs) okay i'm not gonna say no (laughs) Um, i appreciate you guys reaching out to me it's yeah i'm like you don't know what it means like i'm honored that you guys wanted to talk to me like that you're interested enough to know more and i don't say that as like uh it's not like i mean that genuinely like it means a Mm -hmm. lot like i don't it's it's kind of surreal that like we've never met in person the three of us but we're here talking about it because because you guys found something that i'm doing to be worthwhile and i don't take that lightly so i really do appreciate it well on that note (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah, well, b- before we, you know, before we turn you loose for the rest of the day, I, w- I want you to let everyone again listening know who you are, where they can find you. Let them know about that latest single. Let them know about the EP. Kind of just give them everything they need to know before they log off. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram at Colton Venner Music. Um, all of my songs are on Spotify, Colton Venner. Um, and yeah, I've got um, my last song, Sundance Square. What is a huge help? If you're listening to this, what is a huge help? Hit the If you like a, an artist's music, hit the little heart on Spotify add it to your playlist and then send it to like three of your friends. That would be huge because Spotify wants to see that you, that I'm being listened to from multiple uh, places. So that's a huge help, but you can find me on there. I've got three more songs coming out this year um, and one more coming out next year, but the, you know, fall on, on uh, Instagram and uh, Spotify. I'm not active on really anything else. <laughs> and so, but, uh, but yeah, and follow, follow, uh tailgate country please and listen to all their podcasts i've listened to several of y'all's episodes but just prior to you reaching out i had already listened to several i'm a big fan <laughs> i think this uh, is the, i think this is the big fan we've the first big fan we've ever had on here i, I am I, I, <laughs> I, I, I probably, well what, what, how many episodes would i have to listen to be, to be considered a big fan do you think one yeah okay, well, I, I've, 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 I've probably listened to nine or ten cool oh, yeah there we go all right yeah all right there we go <laughs> All right, but thanks, Colton, man. (laughs) Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Please, I will put that in there. Oh, shoot, is it frozen? Hold on, it's frozen. Oh, you want me to do that? I'll I'll do a real one. I'll do a real one, and I'll throw some jokes in there. Hello, everybody. I'm Colton Venner, and you're listening to Tailgate Country Podcast on whatever podcast medium you listen to. Hope you enjoy this episode. They're great people, and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for listening. <laughs> don't put that part on there, or do. I don't freaking do Oh, no, I will. I, I will put that at the end, and everyone sticking around for the end is going to get a great, nice little Easter egg that they've, they haven't gotten that before, that's for sure. Is, is this the end, or is this the top? Well, I do one at the top. If you want to do it for the top, I'll put it at the end, too. Oh, you will be, I can do a couple more riffing if you want me to. Oh. <laughs> no, I She's usually... Jessica Casey. Oh, God. <laughs> Brett Gibbons from Fort Worth. Sorry, I know this is weird. We just met, but I swear, guys, I'm not, I like, I'm weird, but like, it's a good weird. Like, I'm a nice guy. Don't whoop their ass, shout a jack deal.